everybody. Welcome to another episode of Intention is Everything. I am your host, Karen Frazier. And with me as always is my co-host, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Karen. How are you? Well, fine. It seems like we're having a little bit of internet issue on my end, but we'll make it work, right? Yes, we will. Yes. So as we told people, we may not be quite as regular on our our podcasts for a while. It's just been a really busy, bumpy year for me. And and um, sometimes staying on schedule has been a little bit more difficult for me than normal. So, but hey, we're here now. And um, we don't have a guest this week, but we have kind of a topic, right? We do. All right. So how are you? How are you and Chad doing? Doing good overall. Just, um, you know, happy to, holidays are here you know, things going on in the world, but we're so optimistic. So we're doing pretty good overall. Good. Yeah. We are doing a Risland family. Risland is my maiden name, by the way. We are doing a Risland family Zoom Thanksgiving this year because I Aww. live in Washington state and um, we can't, we're, we're, we can't gather. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. That's a great idea. I love it, actually. I mean, if you can't get together, at least you can connect in some way and make it special that way. Yeah. And one of the things that we we have done with my family on and off since this started, we haven't done it for a few months because we kind of all were able to get out of the house and do stuff outdoors in the summer. Um, but we do um, family game nights on Zoom. And we actually use the Steam application. Do you know Steam? Yes. So we use do Steam and we do something called Jackbox on Steam and we play games. And because everybody was at home, I mean, you know, it was my nieces and my nephews and my mom and my sisters and their spouses and us and Tanner. And I mean, the entire family would, would do this. It was, it was really kind of fun. We enjoyed it. And I did it with my friends a couple of times too. I love it. Oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. And that just goes to show you that technology is not all bad. Technology is not all bad, but I do feel like, did you ever see the movie? And I may have already brought this up on the show. And if I did, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm old and I forget things. Um, <laughs> you know, like when you've been married to somebody for a long time, you tell each other the same stories over and over. Yeah, and over again. I, I feel I like you've been married a long time, Cheryl. Yeah, I, can, I can relate. It's all good. Yes. And you and I have been married a long time now. We've been <laughs> friends for, we've been friends yeah. for over a decade. So yeah. Um, anyway uh so this year has reminded me of the movie surrogates did you ever see the movie surrogates with bruce willis where everybody stays at home and they have their their avatar bodies go out and walk around the world yes yeah i have it it, doesn't it kind of make you think of that a little bit it it totally does and like everybody has these super hot robots yeah, and, it's funny. And they just are like, <laughs> they're like, they're like just ho hum. And then, you know, they don't even brush their hair anymore. And then their robot's hot. And like, yeah. I have yeah. not brushed my hair yet today. <laughs> I'll admit that I have brushed my hair today, but some days just don't even ask me about that. Oh, it is 3 15 in the afternoon and I have not brushed my hair. I got up. <laughs> I got up and I, I showered and so, and so I just let my hair dry naturally because blow drying, you know, takes time and I was working and everything else. And what happens when my hair dries naturally is it gets really big and frizzy. Mm -hmm. So I have like super big frizzy. It's, I am, I am super attractive today. (laughs) 
I'm sure you look just fine, Karen. <laughs> the dogs think I look fine. See, there you go. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about a couple things. We kind of loosely came up with some topics for us to talk about today because we don't have a guest. Um, because I had some stuff I had to do this week. Uh, I had to go up and, and be with my mom for a few days. And so, um, which was good. I haven't seen her since February. So it was really nice to see her. She's doing well. She had a little procedure done and I went up and made sure she was okay. And good. We're, we're back. We're back and up and running again. So, but anyway, mm-hmm. so Cheryl, you got a hold of me last week and you said, we don't really have a guest. Do we, can we do something? And I said, well, not right now. I'm going to my mom's. So we're a few days late. It's okay. Hey, the, I think the timing is good. Um, we're just before Thanksgiving and I think this topic one of the topics we're going to talk about today applies perfectly. Yeah, so we're going to actually talk about two things. We're going to talk about um, gratitude practices because it is going to be Thanksgiving next Thursday, which is today is Thursday, so it's a week from Thursday or a week from today. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we were going to talk about is um, like spiritual places, sacred places. And um, which one do you want to talk about first? How about we talk about spiritual places first? Let's start there. Okay, that's super cool, and I'm happy to talk about that because, as you know, we just went on a um, a road trip where we we basically did our social distancing road trip, and I think I talked about it a little bit on our last podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, we basically drove four thousand miles in our little car, six states, eight national parks. We went to Sedona, we went to Mount Shasta, um, and we we basically stayed in like Airbnbs and ate in our oh. ate in our room and just went out and spent most of our time either in the car or outside in nature and not around people. It was uh, it was nice to get out. Yeah. <laughs> See oh world. my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, shout at people across our room, things like that a little bit here and there, but, but for the most part, you know, most of our interactions, if we saw people were outdoors mm-hmm. and in places, a lot of places that I consider highly spiritual. And so most people, for instance, know Sedona is considered a spiritual place. But there are a lot of other places that have a lot of spiritual energy as well. And I kind of make it my, mission to find those places. I think that's a good mission. Yeah. Well, and, and so I have this theory. So first of all, I think that most places where there is incredible natural beauty, for mm-hmm. instance, are usually have a spiritual component to them. Um, and certainly Sedona is one of those places. Um, and it's because it's got the red rocks and it's out in the desert, but it also has healing vortexes, which is why it's so spiritual. Yeah, I have never been to Sedona, if you can believe that, having grown up on the West Coast my entire life. Well, we were, supposed to, we were supposed to meet there next month. We were. We were supposed to go around Christmas time, and yeah. we are not now because of our pandemic that is causing such havoc in the world. Um, but we will go. Oh, we will go next year, won't we? I mean, it's oh, yeah. going to happen. But yeah, I have yeah. heard so many amazing things about Sedona about just how transforming it is. So can you tell us more about your experiences there and why it's such a spiritual place? Sure. So my very first experience in Sedona, the first time I ever went to Sedona was three years ago. And um, at the time, I was severely anemic, severely anemic. Um, 
to the point where I probably shouldn't have been on this trip. And Jim and I went to Las Vegas. And I mean, I was so sick and I was so low on blood. I'd probably lost about 50. I was I, 50 to 60% of my, oh my blood. God. I was Karen, very oh close to needing a transfusion. And you know, I've had to have oh. transfusions before because scary. I've sent you pictures of me in the hospital being transfused. Yeah. It's scary. But, oh my gosh. I'm so yeah, glad. So, yeah. so I, was, I was probably within... I mean, I was very close to needing a transfusion. And so we were, we had planned this trip to Las Vegas and we'd paid for a package through Costco. So we really couldn't cancel it without losing a crap ton of money. <laughs> was yeah. sort of the bottom line. Okay. And, and so um, we flew to Las Vegas and while we were like, I had to pre-board the airplane with the babies and the old sick people. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how weak I was. Um, and like almost passed out in the bathroom in the airport and just, I was incredibly sick. So we get to Las Vegas. I just barely hanging in there. We were staying at the Venetian hotel. And what, what I will tell you about Las Vegas is first of all, I hate Las Vegas. Hate it, hate it, hate it. It is Mm -hmm. the antithesis of a spiritual place. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that this was my first trip to Las Vegas. I didn't know at the time I was going to dislike Las Vegas. And especially if you're weak and sick, it's, it's really not great. And especially because I'm empathic. And when I'm, when I'm weak like that, um, I don't have as good of control over my empathic nature. And everybody in Las Vegas is kind of very, there's a very kind of a desperate feel there. There's a lot of, yeah. And, and so, so it was sort of bombarding me and I was really weak and, um, we were staying at the Venetian and to go anywhere in the Venetian, you have to walk like blocks in the hotel itself and transfer elevators four or five times and dagger through the casino. And I mean, all of this stuff, right? And so um, we stayed the first night and we got up the next morning. Jim said, we are not doing anything here. I'm going to drive you to Sedona today. And Sedona is about um, a three to four hour drive from Las Vegas. So I was down with it because I'd really wanted to go. And so I was feeling really, really terrible the whole way, just very weak. Um, I could barely, like to walk to our room, I would have to rest between elevators. It was that bad. Mm. Like I would walk from the car into the casino, I'd sit down. I'd go from the casino to the first elevator, I'd sit down. I'd go up on the elevator, I'd get off, I'd sit down. I'd walk to the next elevator, it was that bad. Um, and so, so we get in the car, we go in, we go to Sedona and as we drop down, as we came from Flagstaff and Flagstaff itself is incredibly beautiful. It's very high elevation. It's about seven, 8,000 feet probably. And so, because I had no blood, I was feeling really terrible at the seven or 8,000 feet too, as you might imagine. Right. And so you drop down from Flagstaff and you go down this really windy road yeah. that clings to the side of a hill and yeah. drops down into Oak Creek Canyon. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really sketch. <laughs> By the way, you can Flagstaff. From what's that? I've actually been to Flagstaff. Okay. Well, yeah. from, you can also drive up from Phoenix to Sedona and you don't have to go down this really sketchy yeah. road, but it's beautiful. You drop down into Oak Creek Canyon, which is, uh, it drives into Sedona from the north. And Oak Creek Canyon itself is beautiful and it has these huge towering structures that are called hoodoos mm-hmm. that run through the canyon. 
And it was fall, so the leaves were turning colors, and it was just incredibly beautiful. And so even though I'm feeling crappy, I'm like really excited. I saw these hoodoos, and I just felt something. And I, 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 they made me cry. That's how spectacular they were. And Jim was like, oh, yeah, those are hoodoos. Those are really cool. And they were kind of um, like a pinkish color. And I thought, well, this is really pretty. And then we, you come around the corner out of the canyon, and you're all of a sudden in the reddest place you can ever imagine. Wow. Everything, these huge towering monoliths that are just this deep, deep red that you can't even, pictures don't even do it justice because you know I've posted a ton of Sedona Mm -hmm. pictures Mm -hmm. and pictures don't even do it justice. So he, Jim drove me into Sedona and I was just, I mean, googly eyed the whole way, oh my God, and taking pictures (laughs) out the car window and and everything else. And um, he said, well, I'm going to take you to one of Sedona's vortexes. It's called the Chapel of the Holy Cross. I was like, okay. And so we we get there and it's really crowded. And um, the Chapel of the Holy Cross is up at the top of this hill. And you have to walk up this hill, switch back Mm. up this hill. And so Jim drove me as close to the chapel as I could get, which would still have to walk up the hill. And he said, you just wait here. You just sit here and wait. I'm going to go park the car. And so he, I got out of the car and I felt fantastic. And Jim went and parked the car. And this was probably about, took him 20 minutes to park the car and get back to me. When he got back to me, I was up at the top of this hill where the chapel was. And I didn't even think about it. I got out of the car and I booked up that hill. Wow. Interesting. I felt fine. Where before I couldn't walk through my hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt fine. I not only felt fine, I felt fabulous. I felt so amazing. So we did the chapel and we drove around and we looked at Sedona and I took pictures and all of this stuff. And I felt so good. And for the rest of our trip, the next day we went, um, we went back to the hotel that night in Las Vegas. And the next day we went to Bryce Canyon, which is another place we'll talk about. But throughout the rest of the trip, I was actually able to, like, we had been talking about getting me a a motorized scooter to get around town Mm -hmm. even. And I was able to walk and do everything. And I felt great after going to Sedona. So that was my first experience with Sedona where I was so sick and I got to this healing vortex and like, (gasps) it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so, so I was kind of hooked and we really wanted to get back. So we went back to Sedona again last fall, about this time last year, actually Mm -hmm. exactly this time last year, it was the week before Thanksgiving And we went and we flew over the Grand Canyon and we visited all the vortex and everything else. And so now, and then we just got back from Sedona um, a couple weeks ago. So now what we do is when I go, I send Reiki to people. Um, I put up like in my share Reiki community on Facebook, I say, hey, I'm going to this place. If you want me to send Reiki infused with the energy of this place, let me know. So I do it a lot of the places we travel, but I especially do it from Sedona. And um, what's really funny is that I had, I didn't tell people exactly when I would send the Reiki, just said, I'll send it while I'm in Sedona. And um, so I had, I went 
first thing in the morning, we went to, there are like seven or eight different healing vortexes, major and minor vortexes there. And we went to one the first morning we were there and we went and we did an early morning hike, like a 6am hike, sunrise hike at between, at this place between two vortices that were, um, uh, I think it was Cathedral Rock and Bell Rock, but that may not be right. Anyway, it's where there are two vortexes right together. And so we went and hiked and I sent the Reiki from there. And what was really funny is that I had people actually contact me and say, hey, did you send the Reiki from here at like about this time this morning? And it was exactly when I was sending the Reiki. People felt it. I love it. Oh my gosh, that is so... See, it's like that totally is uh, a real, what do you call it? Phenomena, whatever you want to call it. It's totally real. And yeah, I've had people send me energy and you could totally feel it. Yeah, I totally get it. It's an amazing experience. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so we, I've done this Reiki thing, sending Reiki from all sorts of sacred places Mm -hmm. for people before, because we travel uh, normally in a non-COVID year, we travel a lot. And even yeah. this year, we've managed to travel quite a bit. Um, and so I've sent it from like Mount Shasta. I've sent it from um, off of Dana Point down in Orange County when we were mm-hmm. out among the dolphins and whales on a cruise. That was back in January, like on a dolphin and whale cruise. And we were in amongst this pod of dolphins and I sent Reiki from there. Um, wow. And I've sent it from, we were in February this year, we were up in, in on Vancouver Island, and there's an ancient uh, First Nations um, park that has ancient First Nations petroglyphs, and it's supposed to be a healing vortex, and I've sent it from there, and I've sent it from Bryce Canyon at sunrise, and so just all of these places that have this sacred energy, I think I've sent it from the Grand Canyon to people before, and all sorts of stuff. So going back to how you felt just transformed immediately upon arrival at that sacred space, is this, can you explain how a vortex, a healing vortex works? Is it, is it a real physical reaction with something? Is it a mental reaction? Is it both? What is that? Uh, it's spiritual, but body, mind, and spirit are connected. And so in places where there is great healing energy, and I believe there is great healing energy in nature. So let's just start yeah. with that. Um, but any place where there is great healing energy, it just kind of helps to balance. I think what it does is it just snaps you into alignment. Your chakras aligns your chakras and sort of unblocks everything and lets your energy flow and it aligns body, mind, and spirit so that your body can go about its own healing process. Because I think what happens is we get so caught up in our in our physical woes and in our mental stuff that we, you know, we get caught in our heads and we mm-hmm. um, may have spiritual issues or we ha- may have emotional issues or things like that. And all of those things affect one another. So if I'm emotionally out of balance, it's probably going to affect my spiritual health and my physical health. If I'm physically out of balance, it's going to affect my emotional and spiritual health. Actually, that chain is the easiest one to understand. When you are physically ill, how are you doing usually emotionally and spiritually? Poorly. Right. And when you start to feel better, spiritually and emotionally, you feel better as well, right? Correct. So just that, because that's the easiest one for people to relate to, because most people know when they're physically ill, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Um, and so, so, but it, that, it, that feedback loop 
works in every way. So if I'm spiritually out of balance, then I'm physically and emotionally going to have some issues. And if I'm emotionally out of balance, then physically and spiritually, I'm going to have issues. And yeah. so I, my belief is that the way that the vortexes work is that there is just a substantial electromagnetic or spiritual or some kind of energy there that, that balances those things so that you can heal yourself, your body and mind and spirit can rebalance and heal. Now, it's not necessarily always permanent. Um, I can tell you a story about Jim. Have I told the story about Jim at the Petroglyph Park in Nanaimo before? Yeah, you did. I think it was on the last time we were on the podcast where he was having the, the, um, the test heart issues. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so it didn't cure him permanently. He still had to have the heart surgery. Right. Yeah. But it got us through and right. was able to, and he did feel a ton better. And so I actually have, I feel like a lot of the places other than just nature, so right nature is part of it but a lot of the places that I've been that have this incredible spiritual energy that I've actually sensed and felt um, seem to have some things in common first of all there is a ton of minerals uh, rocks crystals granite quartz things like that so like Yosemite we were in Yosemite Mm -hmm. on our last trip and Yosemite has these massive granite monoliths, right? Yeah. And so Yosemite also felt like an incredibly healing place. That was another one of the places I sent Reiki from, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um, And if if you've never been to Yosemite, it's just basically this big valley or canyon with these huge white granite structures everywhere. Yeah, we've we've been camping in Yosemite... Uh, meaning what as a as a kid growing up we we went yeah. there um yeah it's it's an amazing place I'd right love love to go back again one day oh i loved yosemite i was yeah. yeah and so so the first thing is that there seems to be massive mineral or crystal or okay. rock deposits so that's the first thing the next thing is they're almost always outdoors mm-hmm. um open air right Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I, what I seem to notice is that a lot of times the natural structures create some kind of a bowl. A bowl? B-O-W-L, bowl. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. So what, what, do, you, what do you mean, like a, a place to hold the energy? Yeah, I think the energy moves around mm-hmm. in these, the, the stored energy. This is just my own theory now. This is yeah. not... Um, I think that this stored energy in these big, massive mineral structures, right? Mm-hmm. I believe it swirls around in there and it moves around in such a way that it helps to realign you because we're made of the same stuff as these big, huge mineral structures. We just, you know, take a different form. And so I think that just the way that the energy moves in these places can uh, does something because like even that place up in Nanaimo that was this petroglyph park there were stone structures it was small it wasn't on the scale of like the Grand Canyon but mm-hmm. it was so but it was it was small but it was still a rock basically like a rock um, bowl I love that theory actually it, it makes a lot of sense 
it makes a lot of sense to me. So for yeah. instance, one of the places, one of the national parks we went to and one of the places where I felt healing energy that I was surprised, which I shouldn't have been, was at the Lassen Natu- National Volcanic um, Monument. Then it's a national park in Northern California, mm-hmm. um, kind of in Northeastern California, east of Mount Shasta. Okay. Um, and it was a volcano that erupted back in... Um, Oh, I probably like the 19, early 1900s, um, I think. So about 100 years ago, it erupted. Okay. And, um, but you basically, when you're in Lassen, you're basically driving through this volcanic crater. Okay. So you've got the walls of the volcano around you. And it had this tremendous energy. Um, but I think that there, so I think that places like that, that have that vortex energy, Mount Shasta, um, Bryce Canyon, Grand Canyon, um, Mm -hmm. Sedona. I do think that that part of it comes from those rock structures and from the way that the the land shape is, the land is shaped. But then I also think that there are other things that release very powerful energy, Um, the ocean. Yeah. So we try to go down to, now that you've moved away from Orange County and it's safe for me to go visit there. Yeah, seriously. How, I mean, I lived there my whole life. And then I, I know, and, and now go, we've been down, and we go down there regularly, like been three times in the last couple of years <laughs> or something. So, but like, um, I like, I like down in Orange County um, mm-hmm. or even on the Northern California coast, places like that, where you've got this big, massive movement of water, um, yeah. I, I and it releases these ions when the waves crash and everything yeah. else, right? Uh, yeah. So that's another way that I think you can get that healing energy. Um, I think a lot of it is electromagnetic stuff, and then yeah, I mean it's just and but big rock structures or ocean, and then the other thing I think is where there are sea mammals. I believe that dolphins and whales are incredibly spiritual creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, the cetaceans and I think that they actually are the keepers of the Akashic records. And so whenever I go somewhere where they're in the wild, I don't do zoos or aquariums um, mm-hmm. because I, I really object to animals being held in captivity. Okay. But any place where you can go where there's a lot of natural wildlife. So like um, Yellowstone, I haven't been to Yellowstone. That's We were talking about going and we got this time and we got caught in snow and so we didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was it was snowing in Utah and, and north, and so we we went south instead. Um, but any place where there's a lot of wildlife and wild animals, um, and I think just anywhere in nature, honestly, where you can connect your feet to the planet, um, which I do, yeah. and I connect my bare feet to the planet as often as I can. So I can even get a little bit of a miniature boost of spiritual healing just by going out in my backyard with my bare feet, um, you know, as long as I'm not going to get frostbite because that wouldn't be very healing. Yeah, and I, before we move on to gratitude, but I think you want to talk about a couple other places, right, before we move on. But that what you just mentioned, I wanted to, to, to ask about, you don't have to travel, you know, being you know, right now we're locked down again. You don't right. have to travel to actually have a, find a, an external spiritual location. You can create one you're at home, in your backyard, yeah. in your house, right? You can, yeah. you can make do right now inside yeah. your own home. How could somebody do that? Well, what I would say is, um, you know, if you have some crystals or even rocks um, that you gather, if you don't have crystals, um, 
create a circle in your yard or in your living room. I prefer outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, and sit in the middle of the circle, stand out under a full moon or sit outside at sunrise or at sunset or, um, you know, open your window and breathe in the night air. Or, you know, if you, if you can't do that, get some dirt and put a plant in it. You, I, I know you guys have seen images of my house when we've done the video, yeah. right? <laughs> and I have a lot of plants. There's a reason for that. That's because I am creating this environment. And I've heard so many people say this during COVID that they really are all of a sudden wanting to bring a lot of plants into their mm-hmm. home and they don't really understand why. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because that plant energy is that healing energy. It's that connection to nature. Um, but so, go ahead. Oh, I was going to well, say, oh, just, okay. just get dirt. Just honestly, yeah. get some potting soil, yeah. stick it in a pot and dig in the dirt. I love it. When we finally added two palm palm trees into our house downstairs yeah. I love them like I, I, I feel their energy I talk to them yeah. you know I take care of them <laughs> but seriously it makes some, so much of a difference and I just wanted to mention the energy of plants but also trees because yeah. trees instantly take me to that spiritual place that it, it they've always had that effect on me the energy of trees are just yeah. amazing Sit with your back up against a tree. Um, That's another really spiritual place is the Redwoods down in California. Oh, yeah. Okay. As as, uh, growing up with my family, we'd take trips up there to, um, you know, the the giant Redwoods, um, Sequoia National Mm -hmm. Park, I believe it's called. Yeah, it's it's Sequoia. Oh, amazing. And likewise, when I can convince Chad to take a drive up here to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, yeah. Amazing. It's just get even, you know, every now and then recharging your batteries, getting out there among nature, like you said. Um, yeah. it, it's just a great way to revive your, your, your energy, your spirit. I love it. So I think that's a great suggestion. Well, and when you think about the forces of, of nature that create things, right? Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, Lassen Volcanic Monument, where there was this huge volcanic explosion that created this. And it's a very spiritual place. Um, Mount St. Helens here in Washington State, same yeah. thing, this big yep. cataclysmic, um, you know, creating creating the planet when you think about the history of how that was done and the geology of everything. You know, even rocks. Look, if you're out for a walk and you see a rock you like, mm-hmm. pick it up and bring it, bring it into your house. You're bringing nature into your house. And so we have to do these things, especially right now, to connect to nature. Um, Because for me, honestly, nature is my church. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I probably have a hundred plants. You you have so many plants. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And I have hundreds of crystals. Yeah. And so I, I have brought all of these elements of nature and like um, because I was uh, had gotten back from our road trip and was then going to go up to my mom's after her for her procedure. I actually spent the three weeks between the road trip and going to my mom in my house because I, and I mean, and like out in the yard kind of stuff, but because um, I couldn't, I I didn't want to make her sick. I didn't want to be exposed and expose Mm -hmm. my mother. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and I am, I, I would rather go see my friends, but I am perfectly fine staying in my house and my yard, even in the Pacific Northwest rainy weather because um, of nature. And so the other thing I would suggest is uh, as we're moving into winter and there's, sorry about Mickey, as, Hi, there's, Mickey. as there's bad <laughs> weather and things coming up, like if you have, if there's a thunderstorm, or a windstorm, or some big nat- nature event, yeah. go outside the next day and soak in that energy because those big weather events, I'm sorry, he's barking at the neighbor's toddlers, um, <laughs> because those big weather events stir up that energy too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I love windstorms and I love thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. I don't so much like lightning. But I like rain a lot. Well, you should come live with me. <laughs> yeah. We get a little rain around here in East Tennessee. Yeah, we get a lot of rain. It's been, as a matter of fact, it's been really rainy in the last couple of days. Now, I don't love driving in the rain. No. But either. when I'm at home, yeah, it's all good. So what other um, spiritual places do you want to talk about before we move on to gratitude? Hmm. Well, again, I think um, Bryce Canyon, Bryce Mm -hmm. Canyon in Utah, actually, so all of the canyons in Utah, I haven't been to all of them. We uh, were headed out to Canyonlands and Arches and when we got caught in the snow. And so we headed back down south instead. Um, But I think that that any canyon places where there's large amounts of rock, Mm -hmm. um, I feel to me, I'm really drawn to the desert. I feel like the oh. desert has this incredible energy. We drove through northern Arizona for for yeah. what seemed like months, but really yeah. just hours. Yeah, um, I hear you. I've yeah, and, done that drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And but it was gorgeous. I mean, and the energy of these the places. It just there's something about the desert that to me feels very spiritual and sacred. Of course, the beach, um, the forest, woods, even meadows and grasslands, I suspect probably have this energy. So it's you go where you yeah. feel like, like I say, it's sit with your back against a tree. If there's nothing else you can do, go sit with your back against a tree. Or if it's raining, go stand out in the rain and get get wet and just let the rain hit you on the head. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's funny. Chad loves the desert. I do loves too. the desert. I am not so much a desert person, but I love the mountains. And I, yeah, me too. Love the mountains. And growing up, you know, we were at the beach all the time. So I yep. still have a, you know, it still has a place in my heart. Not so much a beach person anymore, but I still do love it. Well, and even like rivers and streams where the water's moving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about what moving water has done to the planet. The Grand Canyon was created by a river. Yeah, when you think about it, it's quite amazing. Right. And yeah. so, so you know, I, I think Wellington, one of the reasons that I have been so drawn to Wellington, honestly, is because mm-hmm. it's outdoors and it's nature and it's the trees. And I mean, I love the ghosts up there, clearly. And I love right. the story and all, the energy. But I think that part of what contributes to that for me is, is that it's in the mountains, it's outdoors, it's got these towering trees. There's a ton of... Um, quartz and granite up in those mountains up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that, I think that the rocks record energy. 
and then release it and share it. And I think that weather events and um, other events like earthquakes and things like that also create releases of that energy as well. Okay. Let's see where else, where else? Um, But yeah, Bryce Canyon for sure. Um, Grand Canyon is, there's a lot of people, but uh, it felt pretty spiritual. Um, Yosemite was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yosemite made me cry. Oh, Uh, really? Oh, okay. That had a big impact on you. Oh yeah. Just, oh yeah. Totally cool. So anyway, you know, so I, I think what it is, is if you can't be outside, bring outside inside and just spend as much time with natural things away from electronics Mm -hmm. and with natural things as possible. And even if you are stuck inside and you have to simulate that by bringing in plants and playing in potting soil and playing (laughs) with clay or something, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. And for me, I, I think the desert is pretty cool. What's Chad like about the desert? He would want to move to the desert. Yeah, me too. Let's just put it that way. We're like, I'm like, nope, we're moving to the mountains. He's like, nope, we're moving to the desert. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, he just, I, he, I think he likes the vibes of, of, of deserts, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, he likes the, you know, it's, it's a lot of the desert is flat, but then you have these, you know, these, these little hills and tiny mountains and, you know, it just, it's so varied the landscape. Yeah. The landscaping, I think yeah, he really likes. Yeah. It's so varied. You, you think of when you think of the desert, you picture like, um, you know, people on a camel walking through miles, <laughs> miles and miles of sand with nothing but sand as far as the eye can see. And yeah. that's just not the case. The desert is so varied and so mm-hmm. beautiful. And we were actually in the painted desert while we were in Arizona oh. and it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. that was the other place. Death Valley. Um, okay. So Death Valley was like one of the most grounding places I have ever been. And I'm sure it's because Death Valley is also the lowest place on earth, land place. Yeah, on uh, earth? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like 300 feet below sea level at, wow. um, at Badwater. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, Interesting. And it felt so great. It's also the hottest place on earth. It has the hottest recorded temperature on the planet. Which was... I don't know, like 138 or something. Okay, yeah, that's why I don't like the desert. <laughs> but the desert isn't always like that. I mean, there's you know, there's a the high desert, night. there's yeah. a low desert. There's yeah. you know, there, so yeah. the desert is cool. I I think that probably yeah, for it me, it is pretty cool. Yeah, the desert. Well, so like everything, desert, forest, mountains, oceans. What am I missing? Yeah. I like all of those. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's so cool. Well, okay, so create your own spiritual place wherever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and enjoy it. Right. And bring in elements of nature. Like I say, you don't have to spend a ton of money on it. You don't have to do like I do and spend all your money on crystals and plants. <laughs> yeah. You can pick up rocks and bring them in, you know, and sticks and feathers and whatever you can forage, whatever represents nature to you when you can't be out in it bring it into you you know what that just reminded me so they have this thing called tree spirit healing Mm -hmm. and so 
they put um, bark, twigs, leaves, you know, whatever, pine cones, whatever, right, on or near the body. And then while you have this, this tree stuff all around you, you basically put drops, I don't know what kind of drops, but, you know, probably some type of essence on your wrists or you inhale it and you can put it on your chakra points or like if you're injured and it's supposed to help healing. Sure. That makes perfect sense to me. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Because I read that recently and I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool because I had never heard of that before. Well, think about what um, back before we had like synthetic medicines, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Think about what humans used for healing. They yeah. used barks, seeds, plants, right? Yeah. What are essential oils? Essential oils are basically plants, distilled plants. Okay. Um, Makes a lot of sense now that you explain it like that. <laughs> when I, for cleansing, I burn natural things. I burn Palo Santo. I burn mm-hmm. sage, Right. Yeah. Um, sandalwood, things like that. What are all of those things? Those are all natural elements. Those are all ways that you can bring natural elements inside. One of the things I absolutely love, I am so sorry about him. Uh, you know, he just wants to be on the podcast. It's one of the natural elements in my home. He's, I think he is barking (laughs) at a hummingbird. Oh, but anyway, one of the things that I really like are, um, like flower essences. Okay. Uh, like Bach flower remedy is one of them. Um, things like that, that are basically they're created from flowers. There are these remedies created from flowers. And again, it's, I, I, you know, as much as you can bring natural elements into your life because the natural elements have a vibration that is Mm -hmm. of the natural world which is what we are. We are of the natural world. And so we have so many synthetic things in our life. Like this morning I got up and I drank an energy drink as Mm -hmm. my caffeine. And let's be honest, there is not a natural thing in that energy drink, right? (laughs) Right. Where if I had a cup of tea, (laughs) it would be all natural and it would still have the caffeine. So I really probably should be doing that. Um, But so, so, you know, you bring, you bring the natural stuff into your life. That's why I, I have trouble, like people who live on stuff that's like corn syrup and chips and candy and, and all of that stuff that they don't eat vegetables mm-hmm. and things like that. But that's eating natural things. That's part of, I mean, it's made of the same stuff as us. So even if it's eat more vegetables. That sounds so stupid, but I think there's a spiritual and energetic reason to eat more vegetables. Look, I like a power bar as much as the next person, (laughs) especially one of those chocolatey ones. Yum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I go without eating plants, for instance, I start to feel Mm -hmm. because I'm not ingesting that energetic stuff. I'm ingesting stuff that's manufactured versus grown. Yeah, absolutely. I totally relate. Yep. So then there's yeah. Jim who never met a vegetable he liked. Oh, but... <laughs> <Aw>, Jim. <laughs> no, you know, I've, he's come a long way, baby. I, you know, oh, I get yeah. him into the, like, he, he will eat things like Brussels sprouts now and he'll eat spinach. And so when I first met him, he wouldn't eat, 
he would eat fruit, but not vegetables. Now he eats vegetables too. All right. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about gratitude. We have a few minutes left. Okay. And, um, you know, being here, thanks, Thanksgiving time of year to be grateful, um, even though we, 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 it's great to be grateful all year because being grateful actually has a lot of health benefits, it doesn't does. it? It does. Yeah. So tell me why it's good to be grateful even in bad times, even when you think you're having the worst day of your life. Why is it, I why think, is it good? I think it's even more important to be grateful during bad times. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically when you start to um, look at the things that you're grateful for, it shifts you out of a negative mindset and into a positive one. So whenever I'm going through a look, we all go through crap, right? Yeah. And we all have, and this has been a tough year for a lot of people. Um, And it's been um, probably less tough of a year for me, but still a tough year. Um, So my toughest year still is the year my dad died. And um, for a lot of reasons, uh, including losing my father, but there was other stuff too. I was having some health issues and, um, I mean, it was just, it was a terrible year all around. And um, so you get into this spiral, right? So when something bad happens, it's very easy to write off the one bad thing and sort of happy yourself out of it. But when you start to have more than one thing that feels negative happen. So with me, my dad dying just took the wind out of my sails. And once I have that thing that takes the wind out of my sails, I I like to say my cope breaks. Mm. Um, And so like, even if I haven't had a good night's sleep and I'm really tired, I can handle that. Right. But say I'm really tired and my boss yells at me, which my boss would never do because she's wonderful. But let's just say that (laughs) I'm exhausted. I haven't slept well. um, And I have a migraine. And my boss yells at me. Now, any of those things I could handle by themselves and talk myself out of it. But when you've got all of these things piling on, right? What happens is you actually start to get in a negative energy spiral because when something negative happens, you have more negative thoughts. So when my dad died, I had a lot of negative thoughts because I was grieving, I felt sad. you know, I was worried about my mom. I was worried about the kids. I was worried about my sisters. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, pretty much the only person I wasn't worried about at that point was myself. And so my, my cope broke. And what I found is that because my cope broke and I was having these negative thoughts and all of these worries, it like attracts like. And yeah. so it attracted more negative, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have to do something to break that pattern energetically because that negativity, whether there's a single event, a minor event or a major event, I mean, it can be honestly something as, as silly as breaking your heel in a, in a grate, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that can start the spiral. Um, right. and if you focus on the negativity from that, you create more negativity, And it becomes an energetic pattern. And so you get in this negative downward spiral. And the more negatively you think, the more negativity you attract and the more negatively you think. And so gratitude can break you out of that. And so one of the things that I advise people to do is that when something is going, when you just feel like things are going badly, first try to catch it early. 
but if you don't catch it early and suddenly you recognize and look some things like my dad dying some things are just so horrible right yeah yeah horrible in the moment that you really positive you just you you don't even want to think positively Mm -hmm. and so that this is the time when what you do is you find that one thing that you're grateful for and so I spent a lot of time the year my dad died every night and I still do every night before I go to sleep um but even if it's I am grateful that I am able to breathe air into my lungs or I am grateful that there is a roof over my head or um you know I'm grateful that I am sitting here right now and my body is supporting me sitting I am grateful that the earth planet is supporting me (laughs) while I lay here like a lump (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's sometimes it has to be that granular i am grateful that i did not break my fingernail today (laughs) yeah no and and so you find you because it's just you you meet yourself where you are yeah and so sometimes it's really hard to find big things to be grateful for because it just feels like nothing is going right and that's when you just have to find the most basic thing Mm -hmm. i am grateful the way this shirt feels against my skin. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, the little things uh, sometimes are the biggest things, if that makes sense. Well, that's because you focus on those, the minutia, right? When all of the big things are going wrong in your life. Yeah. And you focus on, you, you find the one thing that's going right. I am grateful that I can blink my eyes and that moisturizes my eyes so that, my eyes don't dry up in my face. (laughs) (laughs) I know I sound a little ridiculous, but sometimes it's that. Like for me, sometimes it's, I am grateful that I have this dog here and I can touch its fur and -hmm. it feels nice under my hands. And, And that then creates that first kernel of positivity. And then with that, now you might be able to attract a little more light and you might find the next thing mm-hmm. that you're grateful for. I am grateful that I can wiggle my fingers and it feels good because they were a little stiff from typing. You know, I'm grateful that I can breathe in a big breath of air. Yeah. And you start to just do those little tiny things and that brings in a little bit of positivity And then you bring in a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, Because look, say I'm homeless and um, broke and it's raining, (laughs) you know, and and just like the most catastrophic thing that you can imagine happening in your life, right? Mm -hmm. There's still something in there to be grateful for, even if it is, I am grateful that the earth is supporting me while I'm laying here crying. So what's a good way to express it? You can say it out loud. You can write it down. What else? What else can you do? I think it. I do it every night, every night before I go to sleep. And every morning when I wake up, I take a minute or two to list the things I'm grateful for. And we've talked about this before as creating it as a habit. Do it while you're brushing your teeth. Yep. Do it while you go to the bathroom. You know, some, uh, tie it into something that you do regularly. As you're having a drink of water, I am grateful to feel the water run down my throat and into my stomach. 
and really start to, and the, the other thing is that, that, that also when you're looking for things to be grateful for, when things seem really, really bad, mm-hmm. what that does is that pulls you into the moment because you're focusing on the moment now because you're trying to find something to be grateful for. When you pull yourself into the moment, you pull yourself out of the past and you pull yourself out of projecting into the future. I think that's a great point because, you know, when you find yourself getting caught in the, in, in just the frustrations of life, it just takes a moment to pull out of it by doing what you just said. Well, look, it's not a cure-all. I mean, I, you know, I certainly didn't immediately feel like, oh, life is wonderful when my dad died when I did that. But what it did is it created those little moments of light. Yeah. And that's what it did. It created those little moments of light. And as I went on, I found more moments of light. I found fewer moments of darkness. Now, granted, this is probably easier for me than for a lot of people, because as you know, I am a relentlessly positive person. I make people crazy that way. Um, And I get that. But And and that's why I use the, the example of my dad dying, because that was a really dark year of my life. Jim and I were having marital problems. Um you know, that my, my dad died, my dog died. Oh my gosh. You know, it was all of this stuff and it just, um, and so even with that, it was, so for me, it took a lot of effort, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm, it was worth it because it created just those little moments of light, those moments where I could go, And, and sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah. And there's always something to be grateful for. Even in the worst possible moment, there's always something to be grateful for. You just have to find it. Yeah. How about you? What do you do for gratitude? Because I know you do gratitude practices too. I like to write them down, make a list of things I'm grateful for. I like to kind of do a semi-meditation where I think about anything good I can think of, anything that I'm especially grateful for, and mm-hmm. just roll through it, just roll through it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that, those, are the, those are the main things that I do. I just want to do it more often because getting caught in the day-to-day stresses, it's really hard. It's, and it's not hard. I say it's really hard. It's really not hard um, to find you know, a couple of minutes. You don't even need that long, a couple of minutes to do that. It's it's not a priority. I think you say it's really hard what you're saying. What I hear is it's not a priority. Right. So that's the bottom line. (laughs) Well, I mean, but you know, look, same same with me, right? It's sometimes it's just not a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, but I try to I do try to prioritize it because I know that that even though I tend to be pretty relentlessly positive, I know that I can go down a dark path, Mm -hmm. you know, and I basically, I used to really be in a pretty dark place a lot of the time because I came from a, you know, I I came from a pretty hard scrabble background sometimes and, and, and all of that, you know, and so, Mm -hmm. so I have gotten to where I am. I really, you don't ignore the shadows because the shadows are just as important, right? Yeah. But I've gotten to where I am by really finding things to be positive about. And usually those are uh, gratitude. For me, it's gratitude practices. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes, honestly, it's just breathing. Yeah. 
taking a few breaths, deep breaths in and out. Just yep. 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 And then be grateful that you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I feel like when I talk about some of these things sometimes, um, because there is just so much going on in the world, right? And I feel like, oh my God, you know, this is just me coming from my place of privilege or whatever. But, but I have been in really dark places. And um, I do know that even in the darkest times, I can find something to be grateful for to lift myself up. And the Georges have told me repeatedly um, that that's what we need to focus on, that we need to step out of our self-victimhood, I guess, and to focus on the things that work for us, Um, because we're never going to move forward if we continue to relive the things that make us feel like victims. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It does, but it's hard for me to say that sometimes, because I have watched what's happened this year Mm -hmm. and um I know people who have been sick with COVID I know people Mm -hmm. who have lost people um I have a lot of friends who are people of color who have um just really suffered with all of the stuff that's gone on racially in our country I have friends who have suffered politically, you know, and just really struggled with all of that stuff. And I have absolute compassion and sympathy and understanding and empathy for those things. And I often feel like, well, here I am sitting here in my, you know, upper middle class privileged. Crap, I'm a white woman named Karen. Let's just start there. (laughs) Let's address the elephant in the room. (laughs) But I mean, so, so I get that. And it sounds, I know that it sounds Pollyanna, but, and that's why I assure you, I have been in places where I have been abused. I've been places where I've been very, very ill, where I've lost important things, um, you know, and all of those things. And um, just find that little piece of light to hold on to, because that's how it starts. We can, uh, that's how it starts. Yeah, and I think it's important. You're not saying ignore these things. These no, other things. These, no. Those things need attention. You're not saying ignore them. You're, you're no right. So I just wanted to point that out. No, thank yeah. you. And that's yeah. what I was trying to say is that yeah. all of these things are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, all of these things are incredibly important because there's a lot of injustice in our world. But I don't think we're going to fix the injustice with more anger. I think we're going to fix it by focusing our energy in positive directions as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. There's a place for anger. There's Mm -hmm. a place for hurt. Um, But we've gotten to a place in this country where it's not okay right now, what's going on and people are unkind. And I know it's all coming from a place of pain and hurt and fear and all of those things, whatever side anybody falls on, on any of these issues, I get that it comes from a place of, of genuine pain, right? or fear, or hurt, and so the best thing you can do for yourself, so first of all, it has to start with you, any change in the world has to start with you personally, and the way, and people say, well, what can I do, I'm just one person, right, what you can do is you can focus your energy in a positive direction, so that you can contribute to the net positive, versus the net negative, I'm not saying don't protest, I'm not saying um, suck it up and let people do whatever you want 
they want to. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is wherever possible, wherever you can direct your energy positively, because it's what the Georges tell me is that positive focus is what's going to bring about the change and support the change faster than anything else. I like that message. I do too. They tell me all sorts of stuff. (laughs) I think that that is a great suggestion. Pay attention to what matters in your life, but find the little things and bring those out. And and that is going to, I think, affect even daily your positive energy or your positive effect on the world. Well, yes. And if you're depleted, if you're Mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually depleted, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And things like anger and hatred and hurt and fear, those are all depleting things. I think we can all agree that those are depleting things. And so even if you, uh, to go out and fight the good fight, right, you Mm -hmm. have to replenish your energy. Yes. And gratitude, being positive, being in nature, spiritual places, all of that stuff, this all ties in together, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about replenishing your energy so that you can go out and and make the changes in the world that you feel like the world needs to make those changes. But you need to do it from a a place of being energized versus being depleted. Depleted, yeah. Yeah. And I know it's so hard for me to say that. As I'm talking and I'm listening to myself, I'll, I'll tell you, Honestly, my internal dialogue as I'm saying these things is uh, kind of what I was saying about being the white, you know, the upper middle class white chick named Karen. Um, and I think, you know, is that a trite message? Am I minimizing other people's struggles by saying that? And, and so my internal, and I just want to be really honest as we're having this conversation. That's my internal dialogue as we're having those things. Um, because I don't want anybody to feel like what I'm saying is I'm minimizing their pain or their anger, mm-hmm. or their hurt or mm-hmm. their experience, because that's not what it is. I'm saying that for your own personal good and for your own spiritual replenishment and growth, and to be able to do the work that you do, you have to start at a place where you're caring for yourself in a spiritual way. All right. That's all I got. Well, thank you for that discussion. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to get out in nature again someday. <laughs> Just you kidding. You can do it right now. Just, you yeah. have plants. Go sit against your palms. I'm totally joking. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually trying to talk Chad into going to the mountains, uh, socially distant, of course, here coming up in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see how that goes. How tall are the mountains there? I don't know. Not very are tall. They big like we have out here? Well, yeah, they're big, but I don't, I don't know, necessarily know that they're as big. Are they, do they get snow? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I know nothing about Tennessee. So that's on my, on my list of places I got to go visit, I guess. Oh my gosh. You definitely have to. Well, as soon as we Um, can all leave the house again and be safe to see one another. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about our next guest because we actually can tell you about our next guest. Um, I know that's so exciting. Yay! We, back when um, we were still recording Paranormal Underground Radio, and I think it was back in 2015, we talked to Lynn Russell about near-death experiences. And Lynn has agreed to come back on, and we're going to probably, by the next time we we have a podcast, we will have interviewed Lynn. And, you know, we're going to talk about NDEs, and we're also going to talk about consciousness and how important our intentions are. And so I'm really looking forward to that. 
Yeah, that'll be cool. I'm excited too. Um, so that'll be whenever we put out the next one. Yes. Um, in the meantime, everybody have a good Thanksgiving. I recommend um, your Zoom family gatherings. <laughs> sure. You know, since uh, most of us aren't going to be unable to be with family this year. And um, so, you know, or just take the time to find those tiny and big things that you're grateful for. And like I say, if you really feel like you're not in a place where there is nothing to be grateful for, get real granular with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.